Before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. You're about to listen to a special preview of the latest edition of the Grant Williams podcast, featuring my very special guest, Ottavio Tavi Costa of Crescat Capital. Tavi and his partner, Kevin Smith, have taken their macro backgrounds and their keen understanding of the predicament in which the world's central banks find themselves, and they've translated it into an investment strategy around commodities, which they believe will be the beneficiaries of a secular return to inflation. Yes, once again. The discussion about whether inflation or deflation is our future refuses to go away. And that's just one of the reasons I believe this to be the most important decision that every investor must make in the months ahead. So please join me for a fascinating discussion that covers central bank policy, the ramifications of a decade plus of artificially low interest rates, and how to insulate your portfolio from the storm to come with carefully selected precious metal exploration companies and miners. Every episode of the Grant Williams podcast, including The End Game, The Super Terrific Happy Hour, and The Narrative Game, is available to copper and silver tier subscribers at my website, grant-williams.com. Copper tier subscribers get access to all the podcasts, while members of the silver tier get both the podcasts and my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go Hmm. So... If you enjoy what you hear on the show and you want more high-quality content like it, please make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today. And with that, please enjoy the show. Tavi, look, thanks uh, thanks for joining me. We had to put this off a week for various reasons, but uh, I'm so glad we're together now, and, and thanks for taking the time. Well, it's my pleasure. There's so many things I want to talk to you about, and this is I make I make no bones about it. This episode of the podcast is going to end up talking a lot about gold and gold mining stocks, which is a, a particular source of your expertise. But what I'd love to do before we get to that, there's a couple of things I'd love to do. First of all, uh, I'd love to start off with a little kind of recap of your background for the people who aren't familiar with you, if you wouldn't mind running us through that. Sure thing. I was born and raised in Brazil. I, I moved to the U.S. Uh, uh, to go to college back in the days, and I um, I was a, a tennis player. Uh, well, going back a little further, I, I grew up with uh, my, my, my dad was a, a business owner in Brazil, sort of in a, I would say, an emerging rich class family there. And uh, things turned south all of a sudden. His business didn't do very well. And uh, so it was a very interesting uh, environment to uh, live in, in Brazil, going from uh, what we thought we were in the perfect life to going to the other side of things. And uh, um, so I grew up, um, you know, watching that struggle uh, and at some point. And um, after that, I, I was going uh, to start playing tennis uh, even more. I, I really wanted to uh, to have a life in, in the U.S. And that was my access to to come here. I was I was recruited to play tennis in a um, in a in a D1 school in, in, in Virginia. I, I played tennis there. I, I wasn't the greatest tennis player, and so I decided to. Uh, again, this, that was just an access to come here. I moved into another college in uh, Missouri, finish up my college uh, education, and then moved to uh, Denver with another friend of mine, uh, also from the UK. And uh, um, and then after that, we uh, uh, I, I was able to uh, to start my you know doing some of my work in uh, Crescent, uh, 
um, with uh, started really with emerging markets uh, as I have a very strong background uh, coming from Brazil and uh, uh, after that we started you know merging uh, kind of uh, breaking out branching out from uh, other topics uh, with uh, more of a macro environment and uh, started using a lot of Kevin's uh, principles Kevin's uh, CEO of Prescott and founder um, yeah, start using some of his principles to creating um, a lot of the fundamental equity models that we have. But on the quant side, um, uh, especially with uh, with the macro indicators and trying to figure out where we are in the business cycle in different parts of the world, uh, that was a fun project. It really evolved the whole investment process that we have here. Um, and from there, um, I became a, a portfolio manager later on with uh, with Kevin and. Uh, and we've been uh, branching out again recently with our views about precious metals and launched a new fund uh, and with a strategic partnership with Quentin Haney uh, and uh, with the goal of really uh, trying to implement this uh, this gold and silver idea uh, the, the best way as possible. So it's been a, a huge learning curve from uh, uh, from college to, uh, to to where I am today. I'm uh, um, very glad uh, to go from, uh, from all those uh, different places. Uh, all of those are very important parts of my life. Yeah, you know, I, I always love talking to people who have kind of come to this precious metals idea from a background that isn't that. They're not diehard precious metals guys who are just looking for another way to tell the story. Uh, and, but before we come on to that, just take me back to those days in Brazil where, you know, you as a kid were watching your, your father's business struggle. Talk a little bit about what that was like, what it was that led to that, and kind of the, the, the pace at which that unfolded. Because I, I think for people who haven't experienced that, which is most people in the West at this point, It'll be quite an interesting exercise in understanding how these things can happen. Sure. I was about, you know, my parents had a, a retail store that was doing very well in Sao Paulo. It started uh, to really grow exponentially at the time. And uh, uh, what happened was uh, he started to really expand his business in different parts of Brazil. Um, and uh, that was the very beginning when China began to export a lot of products uh, to Brazil and start really killing the margins of his business. Uh, he, I don't think he really realized that as a, as a real threat, um, you know, part of his uh, business strategy. And I think that that really turned out to be a, a bad outcome at the time. And we went from, you know, really leveraging up in a way, uh, I wouldn't say through so much debt, but it was, it was really a, a leverage on the whole uh, family was involved in the business. I mean, I, I grew up in his stores, you know, working with him in, in any level you can think of. I, I used to deliver uh, papers and uh, to, to try to drive people to, to the stores. I used to work with my mom to, to, to clean up the store and make everything look good and, uh, you know, organize things and understand, uh, you know, that we had employees that maybe could, uh, uh, we could have issues with. So I always grew up in an environment which was very dynamic uh, and active. Um, and from there, um, you know, just watching <laughs> we going from a very busy store to no one showing up. It was very difficult. And I knew my, my, my parents, uh, it was their baby. Um, it was very difficult to watch. And uh, we were, you know, going to very nice schools. And tennis is a very um, sort of high-class sport in Brazil. It's mm -hmm. like golf in a lot of ways in different areas, especially uh, in, in that area where I lived in Brazil. And so it was, it was and I couldn't afford anymore to, uh, to play tennis in some of the areas. And so I had to talk to, uh, to one of my coaches and he was, he allowed me to, uh, to, uh, to play tennis there for free. And I was, uh, I was a real, <laughs> I, I like to think I was a real hard work and I really helped a lot of the other kids to, uh, 
um, to hopefully do well too. And uh, that coach was a, a big inspiration in my life. And he always told me, you know, don't, don't really uh, try to just become a tennis player, try to become a lot more than that. And uh, that was a key part of my life because he really, he came here to the U.S., got his education for basically a free cost and uh, came back to, the, to Brazil and built this tennis academy. And I, I was, at the time, I wanted to do something similar and so he helped me out to uh, to get to the level of getting a, uh, being recruited and being at the level that I could at some point come here and uh, learn English and, uh, and start from the bottom. Yeah. And so it's been a, a very long journey, but uh, uh, here I am. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, I, I'm always fascinated by these early experiences that people have, but particularly ones like that, which are which are which have the potential to be incredibly traumatic at the time, particularly, you know, when, when you're young. But also I think over the rest of your life hold you in great stead because I think the experiences you pick up from situations like that is absolutely invaluable going forward. So, so you know, when you look back on it, what did those times teach you and how have you kind of used those in your career to date? I think being grounded in a family environment was such an important thing and, and, and making sure you were around the surroundings of, of yourself is uh, not only health and the mindset but also uh, with the relationships that you build. And my parents, even though the economic and financial situation literally went from everything to nothing, uh, from driving one of the nicest cars in Brazil to driving one of the worst cars in Brazil and uh, having money to go out and not having money to go out. And, um, you know, we still stick together as a family. And uh, I really appreciated that. And I learned a lot. And my, my dad later on built another business and now he's doing great. <laughs> and so yeah. I think it's... Uh, uh, we turn it around as a family, and I think that was uh, very important. But I, I've seen you know, a lot of issues, you know, when my parents didn't have money to pay for uh, little things, you know, or at the time they were not little, but uh, that in general uh, that they had for to uh, um, uh, to continue to have their businesses. And uh, it was desperate modes at the time, and uh, we had to sell a lot of things. And uh, when you're going through that when you're 13, 14, you don't really understand. That's a time when you're trying to uh, – show off as a, a teenager and uh um you know for me that was that was difficult so i had to uh, i had to deal with that and it was it was fine everything turned out great uh later on so uh um i guess uh, uh i know some of the bottom i'm, I'm sure I, I may have another bottom in my life and uh i'm ready for it <laughs> yeah i yeah you know, it's, it's i think it's so interesting because particularly now you know as we get into the the subject that we're going to talk about shortly and you realize just how fragile the financial system is. Your countries like Brazil and Argentina and, and many countries in Asia, they have these periodic times, or, or they certainly have had over the last 50 years in recent memory, where it has been boom and bust. And, and, the, and the bust part of the cycle has had real world consequences for families like yours. Whereas in the West, we haven't really seen that. I mean, we got a whiff of it in 2008, mainly through the unemployment side of things. But 2000 was more of a stock market crash followed by a, a kind of tough but you know, fairly short-lived recession, if we're honest. So people in the West just haven't experienced that kind of thing. So you know, talking to guys like you who've had these experiences first, and particularly when the West does feel so fragile, is I just think it's such an important thing to be able to tap into and understand the mindset in those times. Look, I, you know, I remember um, really seeing my dad in the 19, uh, mid-19s. Um, at the time, he was he was, you know, in also desperate mode and needed to uh, to sell. At the time, the currency was crashing. So we had, I think. It, 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 
The full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website, grant-williams.com. Nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.